This is Kristen, your leadership enthusiast with Lead the Way Wednesday, presented by the Greater You Leadership Series, where we discuss all things leadership every Wednesday to help you get through your hump day and your journey of leadership. So let's get to it. Let's lead. All right. Hello, hello, hello. It is Kristen Webb, your leadership enthusiast. So glad to be here with each and every one of you on Lead the Way Wednesday. And I have an amazing, amazing guest with me today. Her name is Emily Lauren with Hair by Emily Lauren. She is an amazing hairstylist and business owner and educator of hair. And um, I'm just so glad to have her on today. I must say that I am slightly biased um, because she is my hairstylist and I have people ask all the time, who does your hair, Kristen? And I'm just so glad to be able to bring her on today to uh, put her on the platform and really get an opportunity for you all to hear from her and her encouraging and insightful words about leadership about being a business owner about being in the hair industry. I have watched her business grow. She's been in business for about eight years, and I have literally watched her go from almost inception to where she is today, and I'm absolutely impressed, and I know you all will be as well. So thank you for coming on today, Emily. Hi, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I am so excited to have you here. So um, one of the first things I always like to ask all of my guests is, it's, it's what I call the three second rule. So you got three seconds. I don't want the why, but I want three seconds of if you had to describe leadership in one word, what would it be? And I'm going to count off and then one, two, three, go. Okay, I'm going to go with motivation. Okay. Or someone who motivates. That's a good one. That's a good one. So give me your why. Why did you choose motivate? Um, usually a leader um, has gone through the ropes, you know, started from the bottom, worked their way up. And once they're on a certain level, um, they're usually at a stage where they, they can motivate others to either, you know, obtain their level, work their way up to where they are. Um, so yes, motivation. Absolutely. I, I love that. It is so key because um, while you do have people that self-motivate themselves, right? When you're leading others, uh, be it there on your team or maybe their cohorts. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they can be self-motivated, but a lot of times, yeah. like you said, as leaders, it's keeping your team and keeping folks willing to want to move forward, willing to keep pushing through, uh, through the challenging times and so on. And then even just motivating yourself as a leader. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I can just speak from my example this week. I had kind of a trying week over the weekend, I should say. And so my first day back at work, I wasn't really feeling motivated. <laughs> um, I was still, I still had some of those things resonating in my mind about, you know, what I kind of experienced over the weekend. But at the end of the day, I had to turn on and be ready to uh, put in the work. And so even motivating yourself is really important uh, when we talk about leadership. So I love the, the selected uh, choice for you, for, um, for your one word. And I Thank definitely, um, I definitely know I'll hear more of that as we continue uh, with the podcast today. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? I'd like to hear the stories of your journey of leadership. So tell us a little bit about how you ended up where you are today with uh, Hair by Emily Lauren. Okay, um, so hair, being a hairstylist, um, salon owner, um, this is a second career. So I actually started out in business um, 
So I do have a bachelor um, in business, a bachelor's degree in business administration. I worked in corporate for about four and a half years and I just wasn't really happy. Um, so once I decided to leave corporate, um, I really took about a year to kind of just figure out what I wanted to do. And I've always been good at hair. It just, it's always come natural to me, but I never really saw myself doing it professionally. Um, but the idea was kind of in the back of my head. And when I shared it with some close friends, like my mother, everyone was like, yeah, like, you know, I just had a lot of encouragement. A lot of people thought that I should go for it. So I did. And it was like the best decision, really. Um, Agreed. <laughs> I'm going to say I agree. <laughs> so basically, I just went right on in. I went to beauty school, finished um, pretty quickly. Um, and then straight out of beauty school, um, rented a booth and... I was just rocking and rolling, um, constantly educating myself past beauty school to um, better my skills, um, building clientele, and just, I just went through all of the ropes to get where I am now. So, and I'm still, you know, I still have goals. I'm still grinding, working hard. Um, it's definitely been a journey. I love it. So one thing I, I really uh, honed in on when you were talking, and I think this is always so amazing when I, I call it when people happen up on their, um, their passions or what it is that they really end up finding happiness in, uh, mm -hmm. but it can be really scary uh, just transitioning from, you know, such a, a large spectrum, you know, you yep. from business um, yes. you know, corporate America situation to, you know, now you're doing your own thing on your own and you are your own corporation. Yes. So how did you handle getting over the fear or, any, uh, or just being scared in general? I think it has a lot to do with just my personality. Um, a lot of things scare me, but when I put my mind to something, I may go into it scared. Um, I had actually had people to try to discourage. I mean, so my inner circle were very encouraging, but I also had people in my life to actually discourage me um because a lot of people don't really understand the beauty industry um they look at you know a normal nine to five where you're getting a paycheck they see that as you know maybe a safety net whereas in the beauty industry you know each day is different and you really have to um you know, you really have to build that clientele up, which takes time. So um, I was definitely scared, um, but I just pushed past the naysayers and just kept my focus. Um, the best thing about it is hair is a passion. So I actually enjoy doing it. So it's not like I hate it. I hate doing it, you know, so therefore I'm not, um, you know, I don't want to, it, I never had a moment where, oh, I didn't want to go to work because I, you know, it, when it's something that you enjoy, you know, it's easier for you to continue at it, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, that kind of speaks to your level of self-awareness, which I always say is critical step number one, um, mm -hmm. when we talk about leading or just living life period. 
Um, so I got to ask this question. Do some of those naysayers or have some of those naysayers become your clients or have you had to service any of them? <laughs> um, um, let me think. No, no, okay, no. Okay. Okay. But they're watching from the sidelines. We know they see the, uh, <laughs> the victory that has come out of it. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a natural thing. We're going to have people or situations that are going to try and keep us off of our path of uh, whatever mm -hmm. it is we're trying to do, whether we're hairstylists, fashion designers, uh, authors, whatever it is we're trying to go after. You're going to always have those people. But I love the way uh, you mentioned that it was more of a self-awareness and an internal thing uh, that mm -hmm. you had to make sure you embrace and understood this is something you wanted, regardless yeah. of uh, some of the doubtful things that's around there. So, um, yeah. so was there anybody in particular um, that um, mentored you or uh, helped you through the process? Because that's kind of important when we talk about leadership, making sure you have that person um, kind of mentoring you or offering you just advice as you go through your process. Okay, so I started out with a mentor, which, um, you know, she helped me, you know, jump on in there. Um, she gave me, you know, like product knowledge. Um, she, you know, I will give her credit that she taught me, to, she taught me about, you know, as far as like, pricing and your services you know um you know charge what you what you feel you're worth um she kind of gave me the ins and outs she gave me a lot of game um that that took her possibly you know 20 years to um learn I got it um in the beginning right. but that was scary because when you're fresh out of beauty school you, you can go with the mindset of, um, you know, I just want anybody. I'm just trying to make money. Mm -hmm. But she helped me navigate through certain types of clientele, mm -hmm. you know, that would give me um, like longevity clients versus like, um, you know, just quick money that's, um, that's going to be like a headache. Right. I'm, tr I'm trying to explain this without you no, know you're saying it perfectly I mean she's yeah. basically giving you insight on how to best structure your business yeah and I yeah. heard it I heard you speak to it from a product design to a services build out like even pricing yeah. that's really when we talk yeah. about entrepreneurship I know sometimes I chat I get challenged with um you know how should how much should I really charge for this service uh but yeah. knowing that you had somebody who'd been watching and doing this for so long um, yes. that's so so important and even the whole clientele like everybody every dollar in the good dollar you know or some dollars right. are headaches um, right so how do you create your business in a way that allows you to be happy for one um and mm -hmm. then to still be able to su sustain yourself which is what you're trying to do and you want to do that as efficiently as possible so I definitely mm -hmm. hear that and it's it's awesome that you had her in the beginning Yes, of it the is. process. Um, and the other good thing is, even though, and you said it as though maybe she isn't mentoring as much now or may not be in that capacity, but um, I, I want to make sure for the listeners, like mentorship sometimes isn't an, you know, for the rest of your life kind of thing. Like you may not have right. that person on board for the rest of your life. Sometimes it's just to get you through a certain season, you know, it definitely through a season. Through it, you for said sure. definitely. Yes. 
Yeah. And then yes. later on, you know, as you venture out more, somebody else may come along and maybe offer you something else in your new um, season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I like stressing that because a lot of times people are intimidated by mentoring. They think, oh, it's got to be this long process and I'll never be able to get rid of the person and I'm stuck and married to them for life. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, it can be very short term to, you know, long live, depending on how much you really need that person around. So I love that. So I've got to do the reverse question in. So because you have received mentorship, do you um, do you mentor, whether it's a formal or informal way, but do you mentor others uh, in, in the industry? So um, I haven't had like a mentee, like someone, um, I haven't had the opportunity to mentor someone like alongside. Uh, not alongside of me, but like some, no one has reached out to me um, for that specific purpose, but I have uh, shared information, shared tips. Um, so I, I do feel like I've mentored, um, you know, side lateral. Just, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Just, it sounds like definitely be willing to, you know, offer guidance, you know, even yeah. if maybe, um, you brought on board somebody to maybe assist you in the background. I'm just thinking of maybe like a, um, am I going to use the right, a shampoo uh, tech. <laughs> I just use that, you know, in, in some respects, you know, when I think about shampoo techs, they're usually obviously manning shampoos all day, but there's still so much other th things that they get to come in contact with while they're yeah. in the salon. And yeah. you offering that gives them a chance to get that guidance and mentorship. Cause I'm sure you were, you know, offering insight on best ways to do certain things. Yeah. Yes. And anyone, you know, I've just always been the type, like anyone, if they ask anything, um, if they need any knowledge or tips or advice on what I do, I have always been willing to share, you know, because again, when I first started, I needed that as well. Right. So right. yeah, just paying it forward, I guess. And it sounds good. And I hope my audience hears that um, y'all need to hit up Emily if you need some mentoring. Sounds like she is absolutely <laughs> definitely willing, uh, even as her client, you know, no, I am never going to attempt to be a stylist. Um, I will continue to go and see Emily. <laughs> but even just making sure that I'm informed and that I know how to take care of my hair or do things in between the time that I come to see you, like you are constantly educating your clients, you're educating, um, you know, those who may work under you from time of time or you know get a chance to sit with you or uh, see what you're doing so I definitely think that's a great attribute to leadership and I know personally I can appreciate uh, the way I see you do that thank you see you do that absolutely so are there any other challenges outside the naysayers and maybe having uh, your own um, and I'm not going to say doubt but your own and you know just questionable moments of in getting into the industry are there any other challenges that you would tell somebody getting into it? Like, for instance, as you know, my daughter wants to get into, um, you know, uh, beauty school or get into the cosmetology world. What would be something you'd recommend um, as far as getting over a challenge? What's a challenge and then how you'd recommend getting over it for them? Um, so there are a ton of answers um, to this question. Um, there are many challenges, um, but in reference to your daughter, with her being new, um, like a new, you know, she's just now stepping into it, um, keeping up with trends, um, clients requesting certain services, um, knowing when to say, 
no, I, you know, knowing when to say no, like it may be something that you haven't perfected yet and they want it. You're looking at the money. You may want to say yes, but be, you know, rising above that and saying no would, you know, just that would, um, save a lot of issues moving forward. Um, so just I, saying, I love that one because that requires a lot of humility and honesty with self yeah. uh, and being okay with it. You don't know. <laughs> What, but also working on it, you know, right. you know, working on, you know, you still have to work, um, like on your off days or whatever to, um, improve those skills so that you can offer that service. But sometimes, uh, you know, we look at the money, the potential of the money, and we may go ahead and do it. And then now you done messed somebody head up and, you know, they right. may, t- and that'll hurt you in the long run. Yep. Um, Keeping up with trends, um, you know, that's just that that's part of it. Um, you know, we come, we're creative. We come up with new, it's something new every other month. And, you know, you have to stay on top of that. So sometimes that can be challenging. However, um, you know, you still have to create a niche, I guess. You, you can't do everything you know, owning up to that. I don't know. It's just a lot. So I, I hear you. That was for, say, the new person, the new person entering. Would, that, would some of those same things be just as important for a season? Or is there something a, a seasoned person may run into that may be more uh, critical for them to pay attention to? Um, a seasoned person, a challenge may be um, if you're feeling like moving to another level um like maybe you've been just a stylist or you know just just you know and then maybe wanting to branch off and owning or um you know just you know doing something bigger that could be a challenge um Yeah, that could be a job. Okay, I can hear that. So, so one question that you're making come up for me, um, you're making me think about is transitioning from, I think about the person that works in the shop in someone else's shop uh, where, yeah, maybe they had to make sure they had a business license or a cosmetology license as a, uh, you know, working in the shop. But when you start moving to on your own, like this is me and me alone. Um, okay. Don't come to Kristen's shop to see Emily. Come to Emily's shop to see Emily. What, mm-hmm. is that, what does that look like? What, what would you suggest are good ways to make sure that transition happens smoothly? Um, I, I don't know if I understand your question. No, no, Can no, you repeat? No problem. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, so you go from working in someone's shop, like okay. another business owner, another business owner okay. has their own shop, but then you turn into, I want my own business. And you mentioned oh. it kind of quickly. And, you know, you mentioned it uh, just then when you uh-huh. talk about the seasoned person that decides they want to do ownership. Uh, right. Like what would be something really important to pay attention to, um, to take on that new venture? um one thing would be um any move you make you know it would be wise to plan Mm. you know plan don't just say hey I'm gonna move and then just do it um you know just plan it out I um I'm big on business plans writing things out um writing down my milestones um 
and just, you know, your, I guess like short-term goals as well as your long-term, long-term goals and just keeping everything organized. Um, the benefit of that, of course, would be, um, it'll just eliminate some of the hiccups and, you know, just issues that come along. Right, right, right. I'm saying that if you plan it out and you write it out, that it's going to be perfect because anybody knows like entrepreneurship is, you know, you have highs and lows and you kind of, it, it can be challenging. That That's just challenging in itself, but it, you will be far better off um, with a plan for sure. I like that um, because I, I will say, I think there are, and we know tons of stylists, right? They do hair at the mm-hmm. house. Not knocking the stylist at the house. Um, or, you know, individuals that work in the shop, but just the critical importance of planning, uh, mm-hmm. creating a business plan, even in this industry, it is still yeah. necessary. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, whether you're leading yourself, maybe you're kind of solo in the shop, or even if you've got folks in the shop with you, you're leading yourself every day and, you know, eventually leading others as well. And so you want to make sure you have as airtight as a plan as possible, because, I'm sure you got a family that depends on you, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah. going into it just all willy-nilly. Um, and then there's this constant planning, you know, going into a willy-nilly without a plan and then not uh, constantly planning all the time. Like, I'm sure you're having to keep up with what your inventory looks like. I can only imagine what that, sometimes I wonder, like, how does she keep up with her inventory? Who does she go buy from? And, you know, there are all those different components that you don't consider when you're not on the other side of actually owning your own shop, that kind of thing. So I appreciate you sharing the importance of planning because uh, so many people um, don't necessarily take the time to do that before they actually jump into uh, being their own business. A lot, of, a lot of people don't in this industry. And, and, and we don't want to see people fall on their face. <laughs> you know, uh, we want to support them. And so I can appreciate you sharing it because it's just as critical as making somebody's hairdo look, you know, amazing when they walk out and making their client feel good. But you got to make sure your books are on point, mm-hmm. uh, budget's on point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, all those things that go into it. So definitely, definitely thank you. Um, so when I think about um, the beauty industry, I, and I hope there are many like that out there, maybe I'm not on this island by myself, but I think about females, I think about women, but then every now and then I'll be watching TV or I'll see um, some rock the one, rock, rock the one, rock the runway, that's a tongue twister, uh, I'll see some show like that, and there's a guy stylist there, right, and so uh-huh. I just wondered, like, what is your thought, what are your thoughts on being a woman in the hair and beauty industry and is there a male dominance that exists that you have to kind of filter through as a woman business owner um honestly for myself I don't feel like um the male um dominance or well it's it's not dominated by men but just the male presence of you know male stylists Mm -hmm. I don't think it, um, it doesn't make or break anything. Um, it's just another stylist at the end of the day. Right, right. And I hear you, and I hear, you know, kind of what made me think about it. She's like, just make sure your plan is airtight. You know, you'll get the yeah. clients, you'll get the, um, yeah. you'll keep the business going regardless. Um, but yeah. just the thought that I had, and I just wondered uh, your take on it, but I hear what you're saying. It doesn't matter. It's just another stylist. And if you're mm-hmm. correctly, you're going to be good. Um, yeah. So, um, I- Yes, I, I do want to just share, you know, there are there they do have an audience like male stylists there. They have a particular audience um, who, you know, get, 
veer towards them, but you know, it doesn't take away from a female stylist audience. It's enough for everybody to service everyone and make money, you know? Right, right. So that makes me think about differentiating yourself. Um, what what do you say about differentiating yourself from another stylist, even from a marketing standpoint? You know, how do you get new clients? You know, what do you feel like are some of the best approaches? However you want to address that, but, you know, how do you set yourself apart? Um, well, your work will speak for itself. Um, your professionalism, um, you know, word of mouth is the number one way to gain clients um satisfy um clients um so if you're putting out good work um conscientious of their time and friendly um professional i think you'll do well okay that was a, that was a mouthful i don't know if anybody was paying attention but that was a mouthful <laughs> of uh good advice you know because yeah. uh, I, I mean everything you just mentioned i look for as a client, you know, and quick plug, Emily does that every time, just so you know, she does it every time she is on point. So here, here's something I'd like to do that's really fun. We're getting close to uh, kind of cutting it, but I want you to walk us through next steps. So what happens in the walk us through uh, next steps? I, I give you a scenario and you just tell me what you do in this scenario um, as a leader, as you know, that particular role. So you're on a set of a photo shoot you are in charge of uh, styling three models. You got three models and they, they're all scheduled to get their hair done by you starting at 9 a.m. So you arrive at 7.30 a.m. You got there early once to make sure you're set up, ready because you mentioned professionalism a minute ago. So you're ready and on point. Um, but the fashion stylist was scheduled to be done with the models by 8.30. And at 9.15, the hairstylist arrives late and demands to begin styling the models as you are beginning to work on them. So they're cutting into your time. Um, his, he makes his demands to the creative director and then they come to you and say, hey, Emily, we really need to get these models to the uh, fashion designer. What do you do? Wow. <laughs> I know that was a mouthful. <laughs> and it's not an easy situation. Sounds like, you know, got to kind of navigate and finagle through that. Okay. So, hmm. So are you saying that they're trying to steal the models before I even start on them. Well, you start on one. Uh -huh. um, you start on one, but they're impeding on your time to get to the other two. And they want to say, no, stop everything you're doing. I need the three models to work on their fashion. Oh, well, you know what? Um, I think it would depend on how much say. So, I, you know, it just depends on the situation. Um, it may be a situation where I may not be able to um, do anything about it. You know, I may have to just wait, you know, it'll be inconvenient for me, but um, I, you know, I don't know. I get it. I get it. So I, I give limited information because that, that leaves you, you know, a lot of room and how you want to respond. So if it's like an opportunity of a lifetime, let's say, you know, we on the set of like the Oprah, you know, something that Oprah got right. on. You know, <laughs> I may just let the stylist go on and get them, you know, but, right, right, right. and then 
when they bring them back. Um, if if I had a say so, I would continue on the client that I'm working, you know, the first model, and maybe they could take the other two mm -hmm. and, and just kind of, you know, switch them up, you know, stagger them off. Like that would be ideal, I think. Right, right. But um, I would definitely um, play that by the situation, you know, it right. just depends. I, I love it. <laughs> so yeah. what, what stuck out to me is like, you, you're a critical thinker in that you want to make sure you assess the situation, you know, what mm -hmm. kind of, like, you know, and I mean, I don't even go there. What does your contract say? You know, or yeah. what are the terms or what are the consequences to, um, you know, not allowing them to go forward? Cause it could, you know, depending on the situation that could be kind of damaging to your reputation mm -hmm. um, and you're trying to set a good forth, but it also sounds like you're willing to collaborate and willing to uh, be a team player, which are, two really really good uh characteristics of being a leader so i like your answer i know you like oh i need i need more information but yeah. um, but i mean but the answer was good because it really depends on the situation but it's but i still heard your willingness to collaborate to be a team player um you know and just to kind of really fully assess what the outcome could be based on whatever decision you decide to make, which is really important uh, and not doing knee jerk things. Cause as leaders, sometimes you got to make a spot on decision. Absolutely. But there are a lot of times as a leader, you just need to kind of step back and assess what's happening. And that's what I just heard. So yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So we talked a lot about, Oh no, let me ask this one. I want to make sure I ask this question. What has been your greatest success to date in your leadership journey? Um, my greatest success to date would be, honestly, it was the, it was the decision to come into this beauty industry. Um, if I would have stayed in corporate, I would have been just working a job because I, you know, I wasn't happy. Um, I just would have been going to work and coming home, you know, just existing, I think. Um, doing what I do now, like I said, is a passion. I never have a day that I don't want to go to work, um, literally. Like, I, I just, I, I never say, oh, I don't want to go to work. Like, uh, I may be, I have days that I'm tired and right. things like that, but I really love what I do. You're human, you know, so you are do the tired days, you're do the, oh, I need a break, but um, yeah. So many people cannot wake up every single morning and say, I love what I do and I get to go do what I love. Um, yes. So that's really critical. And I think that's really important that you were willing to step away from the safety net, as some will call it, um, yes. and move into an unknown, uncharted territory and still eight years later be standing. And I just want to let y'all know she's standing stronger than, <laughs> than before. You know, and that's what you want to do. You want to always make sure you're growing and that you're becoming stronger uh, in your field, uh, just as a person in general. So I definitely... Mm -hmm. uh, she asked me to sign off on this, but it's what I'm signing off on. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so what are you doing in your spare time? So when you're not doing hair, you're not running a business, I'm not sitting in your chair. What do you like to do in your spare time? Okay, so number one, I'm a wife. <laughs> I have an amazing husband and I'm a mother, I have two kids. Um, so I love spending time with my family. Um and actually, I did want to say that that was one of the challenges mm -hmm. as a stylist, balancing. I I hate that I'm going back like that, but no, it's just okay. It's all about family life 
work life, you know, making time for both, I guess. But um, so I love spending time with my family. Um, I like to work out. Um, since COVID hit last year, I love cooking. That's a new thing now. So my husband and I like we just take turns or you know, we compete. Um, we're just really into like actually cooking. I never had an interest in cooking at all. Like we used to literally eat out breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So now you know, just taking a healthier, healthier approach with my family, with food, exercise. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm gonna list one more thing that I love. Um, really, really family time, cooking. I love music. I love all types of music. Um, a lot of people say, you know, when they come in the salon, like the music list, you know, they yeah. love it. Yeah, it's, hard. it's hard to stay in the seat when I'm listening to music. <laughs> For real. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. And, and I love it. And the reason I always ask is because as leaders, we are so much more than that. You know, we're so much more than, you know, the businesses we run. Um, we are individuals. We are mothers. We are daughters. We are, you know, wives. Um mm-hmm. And it's really important to create a balance. You know, a lot of people like to say there's no such thing as a balance, but trying to get as close to that as possible yeah. when yeah. you're able to be equitable to yeah. all the responsibilities that you have. Um, so really, really, di- I can dig it. And I didn't know about the cooking thing. It definitely sounds like one of those pandemic outcomes that's happened for a lot of people. Yes. Like we're finding all these new loves. <laughs> yes. yes, I don't think I would ever say that I love cooking. Cause I was not like, was not trying to do it. And you use the word competition. Who normally wins the competition? <laughs> you know what? I'll say it depends on what it is, but oh. you know, he can grill, you know, he, the, he, the grill, the king of the grill. I give him that. Um, like with myself more of, you know, I do a better job with like the more healthy, um, options or whatnot. Yeah, I'm the veggie cook. If I ever get married, I need a husband to take care of the grill, the meat, all that good stuff. So I uh, hope he doesn't mind me saying, champ, you want on the grill, I hear. <laughs> Shout him out on the call, on the call tonight. Um, but that's cool. I always think it's important that we hear the other side of, you know, when we aren't leading, what are we doing? Um, yeah. And I'll even kind of digress. I'll, I'll take that back some because you're leading your family too, you know, um, but yeah. it's a different type of lead. And it's usually... Um, should be with less stress, you know, and more love involved in uh, just that day-to-day trying to take care of the business in the salon or wherever it is that people are leading. So I I definitely think this has been really insightful. I learned more about you. Uh, We'll kiki about more when I get back in the chair. Um, But to my listeners, I am just so glad that they had opportunity to hear from you, especially in this industry. I don't think, um, you know, the styles, I'm sorry, the hairstylist, the beauty industry gets enough uh, voice about hearing the business side, which is really, really important. So before we get ready to jump off, I want to make sure we get an opportunity to hear what is on the rise for Hair by Emily Lauren uh, with you, Emily. How can we uh, know what's, what's happening next with you? Um, I am excited to say that I have a color workshop coming up May 3rd, and it's called The Blonde Print. And I'm going to be focusing on 
beautiful blondes and browns and I will be teaching stylists um, how to perfect um, the latest techniques um, using lightener um, with spring coming up and summer you know clients are gonna want to go lighter in color so this workshop is right on time to um, just get your skills set up so that you can you know make more money and um, produce this beautiful color I love it. I love it. <laughs> I wish I was a stylist. I'm not a stylist, but I love the title too. Um, it makes me think about somebody's album, but I won't plug them. But I will say the blonde print. I love the concept. Um, and I think what also is important is that, again, like I mentioned earlier, like from inception to now, you know, it's, you know, becoming a stylist. It's, you know, maybe working inside someone else's shop to actually owning your own business to now educating individuals on how they can continue to grow and be great. And it, again, <laughs> It's that servant leadership um, that, we, that I like to talk about that I think is so important when we talk about leadership, being willing to give back, not hoard all of the secrets. Um, because, you know, like you said, it's it's a lot of women out here or people out here that need their hairstyle. So it's no need. To yes. You, can, you can't even do all of them. It's not enough capacity for it. I say that all the time. No one stylist can service all the women in their city. Yeah. It's just can't happen. Even if you're in a small town, unless it's like a town of two women, um, yeah. <laughs> you can't service everybody. So it's awesome that you're helping others be able to be their best. Uh, specifically on this class, May 3rd, you all register so you can learn how to do blondes uh, as well as browns. I also heard. Um, yeah. You know, it's a hands-on opportunity for you to just keep growing. And then yeah. the fact that I know you're going to be growing as a teacher um, is, is even more phenomenal. So thank you. Absolutely. I'm excited. You should be, you should be. So definitely you all sign up, make sure that you follow her on her, uh, Instagram links and do not miss out. So with that, I'm going to take us out of here. Thank you all for joining lead the way Wednesday. I hope that it has been everything to get you through your hump day so that you can finish the rest of your week, uh, out strong and your leadership journey out strong. So with that, as always, let's lead. Thank you for checking out Lead the Way Wednesday with the Greater You Leadership Series. We hope we brought you content today that will help you move and navigate through the rest of your week as you continue on your journey of leadership. In the meantime, feel free to stop by our website at www.thegreateryouleadership.com. Visit us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at The Greater You Leadership. We look forward to your feedback and connecting and engaging with you in the future. In the meantime, let's leave.